What's going on, everybody? My name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Anarelli. And this is the 52 Podcast. 52 weeks, 52 books, making every single week count. Thank you guys so much for joining us yet again on the podcast. We have read another book. For those of you that are new to the podcast, what we do here is we read a book a week. We bring you guys all the keynotes, talk a little bit about what we learned from the book so that you don't have to read it. For those of you that are returning, thank you so much for coming back for another episode of the 52 Podcast. This week's book is called Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. A great book, a book that's been around for a long, long time. Very short, very quick, very informative, and depending on what where you are in your life, you can get a lot of different types of lessons out of it. Before we jump into that, we're going to double back onto last week's um, last week's news piece, only because we've been talking about it all day today, and Ross and I are very excited about the incredible things that are going on in the Tesla world. And, you know, I kind of want to just ask the question of Ross, because Ross is, has a little bit more finance background than I do. Um, and right before we hopped on the podcast, we were kind of talking about this a little bit, and I thought we would just jump on and talk about it together here on the podcast so that we could, you know, share it with you guys. Um, as you guys may or may not know, Tesla is splitting as of open uh, of market tomorrow morning. They are already online. If you look online, you're already seeing that they're split down to $442.68 in the off-market trading. And uh, Ross, what do you think, man? You think that it's going to take a little bit of a hit here now that they you know, kind of rallied all the way up? What do you think is going to happen? Well, if you go off historical data, which actually any trader will tell you to not do, um, normally when a stock split gets announced, the stock will start to rise pretty quickly, as you can see from what's happened with Apple and Tesla, because people are now starting to get in these shares because you're going to be now allowing these shares available to people that currently were priced out of the market. So think of anything that is in your life, an iPad at $400, only so many people can buy it. But if they make iPads for $100, now that iPad, anyone can uh, kind of get access to it. So if you're talking about a stock that goes, in the case of Tesla, which is a five-to-one split, the stock market shows that it's going to be increasing. You're going to see the price of the, the shares go up incredibly fast. And then the moment it splits, you normally see a dip because people who bought their shares on that wave as it kept going upward will start to sell them off. So you'll start to see the stock market or the stock start to trend downward a little bit, but not for too long, normally one to three days, and then it should start picking back up. Now, I'm always worried, and I should always say with Tesla, I throw most logic out the door because I think when you have something like Tesla, you're getting a lot of Robinhood traders or the everyday retail traders that, you know, don't maybe don't have a background in it. This could be the first time they're ever buying stocks. Um, so you're going to get people doing activities or trades that are just different than what we've ever seen. So the normal trend, like I said, stock split gets announced, stock price increases drastically, split occurs. Price of the shares starts to drop slowly over the next few days, and then it picks up steam again and starts moving. So I'll be curious to see what happens with Tesla. Same thing with Apple. Um, as Apple has started to kind of even out the last few days, um, you know, that rise kind of slowed. Tesla, same thing. Near the end, last few days, they haven't had these meteoric rises like they did for the, the week before. You know, they started to actually trend, you know, $20 down a share, $25 down a share, which you were not really ever seeing on a Tesla day. And those are on days when the market was doing phenomenal. 
So you're already starting to see people sell off some of their shares. But it is note or worth noting that after hours, um, the stock is slightly up, but not much. Mine still shows the pre-split number of uh, $2,216, and it shows it's up $3.5 after that. So you take that down, you're, you're barely up. The stock's pretty much where it split. So I'll be very interested to see what happens. But that's just kind of normal. But, um, but nothing's normal when it comes yeah, to Tesla. Yeah, anyone who's got Tesla out there, doesn't matter. I just, like I said, we have friends. I got a lot of them in investing over the last kind of few months, and a lot of them all have shares of Tesla and Apple because these are sexier stocks to them. The same way that you're seeing Tesla and Apple kind of rise over the last few uh, weeks because it's a stock that everyone knows. And these are friends that are first-time traders. I mean, they're asking for advice. So I can only imagine how many other groups of friends or individuals have decided to start investing their money right now. And I think that's a really empowering thing for our generation. But it is going to be interesting to note what happens. So it is fun. I wake up, my group chat is already going on, letting me know that Tesla's up X amount of dollars. So it's a fun little rise. And if you follow you know, Barstool Sports and Dave Portnoy, it almost feels like how he talks about where you're betting on sports. I mean, my friends are talking about this, you know, like they're cheering on a racehorse named Tesla. It's phenomenal to see, and it makes it a little bit more fun. So one of my other friends just bought a few more shares of Apple, and he bought one share of Tesla just because he had FOMO. He wanted to just be part of the Tesla club and just feel like he could enjoy the, the journey with us. So Tesla's bringing a lot of investors, whether you're experienced, inexperienced, first time, long time. I mean, it's it's cool to watch. It's it's an interesting place we are um, in time. So be very curious to see what happens. And remember, Tesla, we still have battery day coming up. Um, and we still have a lot of other things. You know, full self-driving has still been around the corner since the end of last year. So, and also let's talk about you know, if, if those Model 3s come back and become fully autonomous for a taxi service, you're not going to have the issue that Uber and Lyft are currently having in California where California wants to shut them down because they're not paying their employees with full benefits. I mean, Elon Musk can walk right around that with no people in there. So the future's going to be interesting for Tesla. They do a lot of different things. What do you think? You know, Mark? it's really an interesting thing because I only started really being a trader in the last maybe year or so. I did a lot of studying beforehand. A lot of my managers were traders and they would give me all of their strategy and I would take notes. And I was always very hesitant to throw my money in the market. I came from a very traditional family that, you know, put their money in money market. We put our money in real estate. We put our money into like what would you would consider as safe, quote unquote, investments um, whereas the stock market was always looked at as kind of this, uh, this volatile, crazy thing that nobody could really understand. And looking back, I wish I got in a lot earlier. You know, I remember having conversations with my buddies when I was in school about Tesla and about how, you know, they were trading for like $16 a share. And we all thought it was expensive because we never knew that Tesla would actually turn into a massive company the way they, they are. But you know, looking back, woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, we would have been millionaires by now. But in regards to me buying back into Tesla and what I think Tesla's going to, what, what's going to happen with this stock in the next month or two months, uh, personally, I think that because of this massive rally, we're going to get a bit of a slump here. I mean, the, the, the st Tesla's been super volatile since the very, very beginning of this year, um, ups and downs all over the place. And, uh, you know, I remember buying in at eight hundred and something dollars and expecting it to break a thousand and it just dropped back down to four hundred. 
uh, and then I bought back in there, and then we never expected it to go past two, the $2,000 mark, and now they're splitting five ways. So basically what I'm getting at is I have a feeling that there's a lot more volatility on the rise, and I have a feeling that there's going to be a significant uh, down shift in, uh, in the value of this stock just due to the fact that it is so volatile. And once we get back to that place, once we get back in the place of being able um, to know that this isn't a crazy volatile stock, we'll really be able to see whether you know it, whether it's going to be something that we're, we're th that that's worth investing in over other companies that are new startups, right? Like for me personally, I'm looking at a couple other opportunities. Uh, one per, per, one in particular, I'm trying to look remember the name of it. Let me give me just a second. I'm going into my watch list here, and I'll tell you exactly what the stock name is. I got a tip from a buddy of mine who does a lot of research on stocks and, and has been trading for 20 plus years. And uh, he was telling me about this company that builds out technology also for the car business. And it's called, where are you? Darn, I don't know where it's, uh, is it automotive? I think I put it in automotive, shoot. Uh, anyway, it's a company that creates white label software for, um, what they create white label software for the navigation and infotainment systems as well as kind of some of the the higher end um control features like gesture control that you have in the new bmws and stuff they're building all sorts of software they're a two billion dollar market cap company and and you know it's just looking at the numbers right if we look at tesla and see how, like how they're huge I and mean, they're massive 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 what, what's their market cap right now rossi do you remember what their market cap is right now 400 billion i think Right. So, so you know, the, the logic that I'm kind of coming with here is, okay, well, if I want to double my money or 10x my money, where, where are my chances going to be putting my money into Tesla and taking their $400 million company to a billion dollar company or putting into a $2 billion or a $2 billion, or excuse me, no, that can't be right. $400 billion, right? $400 billion versus $2 billion. Yeah. Am I right 400, on that? Okay, 412 good. is what it currently is at. Right, so so taking a taking a company from four hundred billion to a trillion is very very difficult. However, if you have a great product and you're you know killing the game and you're involved with all the biggest manufacturers and you you're running a two billion dollar market cap company, you know they probably have a much easier time multiplying from two billion to four billion than Tesla will have multiplying from four hundred to eight hundred. However, you know there's definitely that sexiness aspect that comes along with Tesla and that. You know the Robin Hood, uh, the Robin Hood traders that you know are kind of trading for the first time, don't know what they're doing for the most part, throwing money in the game, selling too early, selling too late, whatever it may be. You know, so there, there's you know the market's a crazy place, right? At the end of the day, you got to put your money where your mouth is and, and bet on whatever you think is going to win. However, for me, looking at that, I'm considering diversifying instead of buying back into Tesla. I already own some of Tesla. Do I need to necessarily own more of Tesla? Maybe, maybe not. You know, will we see another 2x or 3x or 5x? I mean, right now, what? Rossi, you're up probably a good 300%. I'm good. I'm up a good 250% on Tesla right now. But, you know, how much further is it really going to go at this point? You know what I mean? As we say as Tesla investors, to the moon. So, to the moon. Uh, That's a good point, SpaceX. That's a good so point. Let's but, um, go. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, yeah. So, guys, we'd love to hear what your guys' opinions are on that. Uh, we'd love to know what you guys are investing in. Uh, maybe pick up some tips from our fans. We'd love that. 
And, uh, and yeah, hopefully that's some valuable information for you guys just on what's going on in the market and what's going on with this big sexy stock called Tesla. Um, gotta love Elon. Man, I love what he's doing. He's a crazy nutty guy, but uh, I dig what he's up to. Anyway, let's go ahead and move into the book. What do you say, Ross? Let's do it. Rock and roll. So this week we read a book called Move My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. Now this book has been around for a while. Um, it is a really short book. I think the audio book came out to about an hour and a half. And this is not my first time reading this book. This was actually some reading material that I got in a, um, in a previous training course that I took. And it was really valuable. It was really, really valuable. And this week we kind of got off to a late start. Be real honest with you. And uh, we needed a short book to fill the gap, and we hadn't done this book yet, so I just threw it in the mix. Uh, Move my Who Moved My Cheese is kind of what it sounds like, right? It's it's this ideology of constantly shifting. Um, the story is about four different characters, uh, and they're all mice in theory, right? And uh, and they're stuck in a maze, and they have to eat. And now, guys, it's an hour and a half book, so we're not going to give too much away. At the end of the day, if you can listen to a podcast, you can finish this book very quickly. So we're going to keep it really, really simple today, I have a feeling. The idea behind Move My Cheese is being willing and able to adjust and not sitting on your laurels and waiting for things to fall, fall in your lap. In the story, the, the mice kind of have a routine. You know, At, at the beginning, when they first are put into this, this maze, they are running around, they got their running shoes on, they're finding the cheese, they're looking around, they're trying to understand, get their bearings around everything. And then after a while, they kind of just expect the cheese to be in a certain place because it was always in the same place. So just like we do every day when we go to work, right? When you first start a new job, you're excited, you're amped, you wake up early, you get dressed, you, you know, you, you take a shower, you get dressed, you make sure everything's perfect, blah, 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 blah. You know, but after a while, a month, two months, three months, four months, Eh, maybe I don't need to do my hair this morning. Maybe I can take a little longer to get to the office. You know, maybe I don't need to put on a full suit today. Maybe I'll just throw on, you know, a, a, a nice pair of slacks and in, in, uh, in, in a, in a shirt, you know? So it's that idea of we get comfortable, right? We get comfortable when things are given to us, when we have an understanding of what's in the world and we, and we create a certain outlook of what the world is, we get really used to it. We get really comfortable in what's available. Um, and this book is breaking that comfort that comfort pattern. It's like what uh, what Albert Einstein said, right? It's the, it's the uh, you know it's it's the the, cl the definition of clinical insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So basically, what ends up happening in the book is the, the, the cheese is moved. One day they wake up, they get to their 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 location where they remember that all the cheese is, and it's not there. It's gone. Bye bye. So what do they do? One says to wait around. One says they want to go look around. One says this. One says that. Push comes to shove. What they realize is that if they just sit there and wait and wait and wait, they'll end up starving. And they won't have anything to eat. And the idea is always be open to moving with the cheese. Always be ready to make a shift because what worked yesterday doesn't always work today. Actually, I can guarantee you what worked yesterday and what got you here today is not going to work to get to the next level. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, more touched on it, so you kind of have an idea of what the story is about. But it really is. It's about change. It's about innovation if you want to talk about it from a business standpoint. You know, 
always be on the lookout for new things. Be like Netflix. Don't be like Blockbuster. You know, don't assume that the way you're doing things now is always going to be there and will never change. The people, you know, in this story, you know, there were there were two uh, individuals on one side. One of them was pretty much stuck in his own way. He would stay in the same place where that cheese was even after it was gone, thinking it's eventually going to come back. The other one would leave the maze write little things on the wall hoping that his friend would eventually leave the maze as well to realize that there is something outside so you know it's it goes back to you know just staying adaptive keeping an eye on what's happening in the market keeping your pulse on the people to be able to see when something's coming up understand when change is coming you know understanding you know there was a time when you'd be at the supermarket and whoever pulled out a credit card you were like oh my god this is going to take forever now like why don't you have cash now it's the opposite. If someone brings out cash, like you couldn't just swipe your debit card real quick, we could be done here. And then now you're getting that to Apple Pay or any type of, you know, quick pay system. I mean, things are changing rapidly. So don't ever assume that things are never going to change and that everything's going to stay the same. Try to be on the forefront. Try to look ahead. Try to be one of the first adopters of new things. Have an open mind and really just be almost excited for the new opportunities and not look at it as a step back because if you're properly prepared you don't spend too much time over analyzing you're just more about action ready to keep moving things will be good so you know i don't want to get to the conclusion real quick but all in all i, I really did enjoy it i thought it was super you know short and to the point um because i think you can apply it to anything you do in your life what do you think totally and you know i think ross we should probably keep it simple because at the end of the day we've already spent seven minutes on this book and that's just about a fifth of the damn book so it, my final takeaway from this book is that you got to move with the cheese, no matter what the cheese is, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your business, whether it's, you know, your personal health, whether it's your, you know, mental health, whether whatever it is, the cheese will constantly be moved. You will constantly put up, be put up against the wall and there will always be a new challenge. And what worked yesterday won't work today. Why? Because that's the world that we live in. It, the, the world is very unforgiving and it's even more unforgiving to those that are not willing to shift and adjust to what is in front of them. Um, so my number one takeaway from the book is move with the cheese. Uh, so with that being said, guys, read this book. It's really worthwhile. It's quick. It's valuable. Um, it really is a gem, like it says on the on the cover. It really is a gem and, and it's worth taking a few minutes out of your busy day to just read it. And, and you know, I think that this is a book that I would totally go back to. I've already read it twice now. And I think that I would read it again. Uh, because I believe that I, I picked up different things the first time around than I did the second time around because I was in a different place in my life. You know, and it, when I first read it, I was, I, I you know, never had a, rela a real romantic relationship. I was in the middle of, you know, being in an entrepreneurial position. I, you know, lived with my family. Now reading the book, you know, I'm on my own. I just got out of a relationship. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm working for a completely different industry. The cheese is always moving. There's always an adjustment that you can make an adjustment to. And if you're not moving and adjusting based on the adjustments that are happening in your life, you're gonna get left behind. Um, so that's my real takeaway from the book: is it's worth reading. It'll be worth reading multiple times throughout your life, depending on where you are. And the number one takeaway is always move with the cheese. Uh, you got any final thoughts for him, Ross? 
I think that's about it. You know, just stay adaptive, you know, keep looking out for either things in your own company, your competitors are doing, try to stay in front of everybody. Don't be afraid of change. We talked about a lot about that when we had our startup is to always be able to be adaptive, be able to pivot on the fly. Um, we took a lot of pride in that and that was really strong for us. So yeah, just, you know, don't ever feel like you know it all. A know it all can't learn anything new. So I think with that, that's all we got. That's all I got. So, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us for episode 54. We have just passed the one-year mark. It's really exciting. We're really loving what we're up to. Uh, you know, it's crazy to think that we've read 54 books in the last 54 weeks. I mean, we're just cramming so much knowledge into our brains. And I really hope that you guys are keeping up with us and maybe picking up a couple of these books. I know that, you know, that what we've taken on, this this drive to read a book a week is, is really quite overbearing. Uh, but you know it's what it takes to get to the next level, guys. You got to be ingesting the right type of content. You got to be putting it in that brain of yours. You got to process it and make it work for you. So continue to read, continue to to listen, continue to to learn, continue to take action. Um, thank you guys so much for your fandom and and, and being around with us and paying attention and uh, and we really value every ear that's listening. Truly, truly, and and please feel free to reach us. Um, at any one of our locations. I mean, we, we have a million ways to reach us, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or, you know, through um, any of the podcasting platforms or via email, or you can check us out at keylightla.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Um, with that being said, I'm going to wrap it up. Guys, this was episode 54 of the 50, 52 podcast. My name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Anarelli. This is the 52 podcast, 52 books, 52 weeks, making every single week count. Have an awesome week, guys. We'll see you next week on Monday.